Hi everyone, welcome to the Five One Speedway Show. And hopefully you've managed to catch up with all the other episodes we've done so far with having the latest one out with uh, Canterbury Crusaders legend and National League legend Barney Kennett, who had a load of fun stories to tell us in the last show. Tonight is with a female spirit rider, the first female on the show. So it's taken us to episode 35 to get a female on the show. Uh, please welcome to the show, American up-and-coming superstar, Sarah Cords. Hello. How you doing? I'm doing well, and you? Yeah, enjoying the sunshine, enjoying the sunshine. So that's the main thing. But uh, yeah. so how, how, how have you been with all this uh, stuff in the pandemic and everything? Have you been able to do much riding at all? Um, well, throughout the pandemic, there's hasn't been really much opportunity other than maybe flying out of state every twice a month or something, you know, which was more so a few months ago. But now, like more tracks are working on opening up and like there's another practice track. So maybe once or twice a month we get to ride. Thanks to Steve Evans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good old Steve Evans, who I've had on the show uh, previously and all that sort of thing, um, which is actually ironically because it's just before we opened up Bakersfield, which was pretty cool. So, but um, I'm also to see that um, Kelly Inman's opened up a new track as well. So maybe you better get out there and have a few spins out there. Yeah, I mean, I've only really seen the flat track guys on there, but hopefully he'll give us some access to that. I think it's out towards Loretta Lynn's or something like that. But it looks with any track that Kelly Inman does, it's a nice track. So I wouldn't be on it, obviously, but it's better not to let us. <laughs> I mean, you're a normal racer. You want to go race, you know, race any track, yeah. you know, even if it's in your back garden, it's only like a, a donut circle, you know, you want to ride it. <laughs> of course, I have a circle track in my backyard for my pit bike, just a turn track, you know, kind of keep your balance going and stuff. It's small, but it works. <laughs> just keep turning left. That's what you got to keep doing. Just keep turning left. But um, yeah, I mean, how, how did you get started to Speedway then? Because obviously, you know, it's not a lot of female riders who take up Speedway, you know, and things like that. So what gave you that sort of uh, bug to start turning left? Um, well, my dad, he actually took me to IMS. It was IMS at the time and then turned into Pirate Speedway. And he took me when I was really young and then I told him I wanted to do it and he let me. So it was basically as simple as that. And I borrowed one of my... Our family friends, my uncle Brad, you know, he let us use his little stock Honda 50 to turn laps around his mobile home in the desert, you know, it's a little mm -hmm. vacation home. And then after I did that, my dad was like, okay, we need to get you on the track. And that's, that's exactly how it happened. I went and signed up within the next couple of weeks. That's cool then. Was that starting off at the, um, the peewees or were you straight onto like the 150s and things like that? Yeah, I went all the way through... So I started at Peewee's on a stock Honda 50, rode a little Mod 88, you know, because that was when all the little KTMs were coming in. Mm -hmm. And uh, 150s, 250s, and now I'm in 500s, you know. Nice, done the whole step by step. Yeah, yeah, I've been through the whole, the whole row, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it must have been good because also wasn't the um, Hagen Academy out there at the time when you started, when you started or were they just sort of leaving? Yeah, um, it was the Billy Hamill Racing yeah. Academy. Yeah, that's it. So yeah. Billy Hamill, and, you know, the Hagens and stuff, you know, they kind of helped out with all of that. They gave us materials and stuff. Mm. But I mean, I was real young when that started out, you know, so that was like, that was a while ago. <laughs> I think I only got to participate in that, I think, two years. Mm. And that was when I first started off on the 150. And I had stalled almost every start that I tried to do. 
and I couldn't slide. Uh, I could maybe slide like make the break the wheel loose like a half a foot. Mm. Not very much, you know. So it was like a struggle, but yeah. And then I did the Sean McConnell schools and everything at Pirate, and then you know they shut down that track, and there mm. haven't been any schools since. That I know of, at least. <laughs> yeah, they haven't told you, but there have been schools going on which haven't told you. That's what it is. <laughs> but um, I mean, yeah, it's great to hear because obviously, like you said, Sean McConnell helping you out, Billy Hamill, obviously great riders. And um, I've, I've had Sean on the show before, and we spoke about Pirate and how unfortunate it was to lose that track at the time. Was that your sort of local track then at, at that sort of period? Um, yeah, actually, that was like the track that I grew up at. I had my first race there, you know, and. I mean, my dad went to that track when he was young to watch. He never rode Speedway, but, you know, so it was kind of like a family there, you know. Mm. We all kind of started off there, and then we progressed onto the other tracks and all of that. But, yeah, it was a real bummer when it got shut down. Mm. Yeah, well, any track, I mean, over in the UK, we all know about tracks closing and things like that it is it sucks big time but especially in america because you're so far, few and far between with having industry customers uh fast fridays at auburn and um places like that but fortunately like you said with uh kelly and steve evans now opening tracks it's another two tracks you can go to yeah and that that like really helps us and they knew that we needed that you know because out here we don't have that many that many opportunities mm. You know, like all the kids out there, they can go out and hit a track. And then right after that, you can go hit another track. And if you want to just go look at it, there's another one, mm-hmm. you know, out here, we got to drive like an hour, two hours, maybe four hours, you know, or fly over to a different state just because we want to race a simple race, you know, just get time on the bike, even if it's not our bike, because, you know, we can't necessarily ship our bikes over to a different state. Mm. yeah because i forget also there's that uh, track in new york as well which i've seen recently like aaron fox and i think it was austin went out there and and a few others who went out there to go ride and of course like you said they're not riding their own kicks you can't exactly crate it up and ship it in a plane to come over there for one meeting yeah no thankfully like when i went out there last year for the u.s open um they raced in green and then an ape and or champion and then um my sponsor mike judon had you know, set up kind of like a bike set up for me. And then mm. Pat Litt let me ride his bike and they towed it out there because they're Colorado guys. So they just drove a van out. And yeah, I mean, Jason Bonsinger helped a lot of those guys. Like I was fortunate to have my sponsor to give me a bike out there, you know, but Jason Bonsinger brought out like four bikes for, you know, just for anybody to ride. And then you just put your own parts on it, take it off when you're going to go home, but it worked out, you know? So anything to ride, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It literally begged, borrow and steal in it really to just go get a ride. It's um, it is crazy. Cause I know, I don't know if some of the UK fans know sort of like how the, really the U S scene really works now. I mean, I'm fortunate I've come out and seen it and ridden in it. And I think it's organized fantastically out there, you know, with from, like you said, from the peewees right up to the 500s with like the likes of Bleach and Hero and people like that there, you know, they're all good riders and all great guys. I mean, just look at the likes of Brock, Luke, you know, um, Dylan now, um, Max previously, you know, people like that. I'm sure that must give you some sort of like target to start try and like break into the European scene a little bit. Oh, well, I mean, I've always had that target, you know, that's my goal. I mean, sure, they're, they're an extra little motivation because they're not much older than me, you mm. know, so 
we're all in the same range a little bit, but you know, the, his, the writing expertise is just so much different because they've had so much more time on that bike. Mm. And like, it's not that I maybe can't do it. It's just, I don't have the seat time. Like mm. I lose my progress just by sitting at home for a month, you know, mm. sure. I go out and I wash my bike three times, but <laughs> that doesn't mean that I'm riding it. You know? <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, you, you're there in the garage just polishing parts, you know, just for the sake of polishing parts and stuff like that, just to keep keep your interest in one, I think. But, um... Basically, yeah. I mean, it, the scene kind of, it sucks out here. Like, mm. sure, it's a really organized program. We got really good programs in our races. We, like, they're fun to ride, you know, just the whole, you know, you know what I mean? The technicalities yeah. of it all, it works out. But we don't have the prominence of Speedway out here that we need. You know, yeah. like people think, oh, what's Speedway? Oh, those bikes that go so that's crazy. Mm. And then they just they don't come watch. You need people who are genuinely interested in like doing this and taking what the time. Mm. And it's not it's a unique sport. So nobody really gives a crap if you never heard about it before, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I do feel sorry. You have to for... be one of a kind to be in Speedway. <laughs> Yeah, you do. You have to be a bit crazy, you know, and things like that to be in this sport, you know, and stuff like that. But I know it's hard, again, for, for you guys with getting crowds in, because obviously, as everybody knows, you have such a rich vein of sport in America, you know. And of course, Speedway is not a prime time sport or anything like that, which is very unfortunate. Like it used to be in the 80s and the 70s, you know, and things like that, which is obviously, again, way before mine and your time. But, you know, it's when it was at its peak and stuff like that. But hopefully, maybe once COVID's sort itself out you might be able to attract a few more fans from maybe other areas of sports yeah i mean hopefully i mean steve has got the hooligans coming in you know so we got some big names coming in there and you know they're sticking around to watch the speedway races so you know we're, we're slowly growing you know but it's it's very very slow progression <laughs> you know that's why we're all still aiming to go overseas you know because there's nothing really out here mm. right you know because there's no leagues no no yeah. it, but the, I, the one thing i do like about american speedway is the fact that you have so many different programs it's not just necessarily four guys sitting on the start line going to the corner eight individuals every week it's scratch you've got handicap you've got um i always always makes me laugh was the the uh was it the 25 lapper at, at fast fridays things like that when they start yeah. halfway around the track you know things like that i think you know you don't get that over in europe which, which is something i think we miss over here which is what you've got over there which is again very envious you know and that stuff like that but do you enjoy doing that sort of thing yourself yeah i mean i do because it's it's lax and it's fun but there's still like you have your priority in it you know <laughs> yeah so like you have fun while doing it but it's still it matters mm, mm. right yeah like out in europe it, it's purely you know business you, you, there's no real like oh if i screw up this race then oh you know oh, I'll, I'll figure it out next time you mm. know it's not like that you're gonna beat yourself up for why the hell didn't i do good in that ride like sure you're gonna try to do better the next one but you won't out here you just don't get as mad you know <laughs> yeah because like, not as much to lose right you know because we don't get we don't have yeah, we, it's not our living it's not our career we all have jobs outside of speedway mm -hmm. if we could have it that way trust me we would all have it like have speedway is our career mm -hmm. but we can't 
because it's yeah. not that big out here. No, but it's also good to see that you've got your your head screwed on with it as well. You know, you know, you, you know that speedway is great fun and all that sort of thing. But you are also realistic that you do have to realize you have to do other things just to keep your racing going like you said working or doing whatever you need to do but uh it I mean it's good to see and i mean i'm sure that the results you know in the future will, will show for yourself you know because i think I, I feel again i feel sorry for you because you're riding against some of the boys and those boys are just too good for for, for you for those that got for that, sort of that level you know they're great to aim for but the you can't beat them it's, it sucks really <laughs> Well, the thing is, is like, I, I don't really think of it that way, you know, because when I've ridden with them in practice rides and stuff, like we've trained together and like, I'm running the same speed. Mm. It's, I haven't figured out my technicalities yet. Like I dropped down from maybe being at a 62 in the rear. And that was a big drop that we had already made at the last Paris ride. Mm. And we were trying out 62 and then we went where I'm down in fifties now. Mm. So it's little things like that that help me get even closer behind those guys because the reason I'm not like it's not me it's it's my bike because mm. I'm my bike's not pulling me down the straight I'm on I'm sitting on it wondering why I'm not going any faster and I know it's because of my gearing it's just I haven't figured out what exactly I needed to change to get that slingshot effect mm. going down the straightaway because I'm only 101 pounds so it's very hard for me to compensate, you know, but like I've, I've almost beat Billy Janeiro at industry, you know, mm. so it's not impossible for me. Mm. I just need to figure it out and get my lap time. Like I know I'm capable. I just been screwing up, you know, <laughs> not really screwing up, but all, you know, with all, you know, we don't have the lap times that we, we don't, we don't have lap. Yeah. Flat. yeah and like like you said is is literally just the seat time that is always sort of holding yourself back and things like that at the moment i mean yeah it's great it's great to see that you're getting the uh the seat time you know and things like that it's, it's just it's just what you need really you know in um in the sport nowadays and i mean again x rider i know what that means don't worry i know what it means the more laps you get the better and things like that but um just going back to your sort of early days of peewees and things like that, I've got on my notes here that you managed to win the um, the club and national, and you've also won the fair derby at Victorville, as on the peewees and things like that. So that must be good starting off with a winning with with your so like winning ways and stuff like that. Yeah, I think about like more being more. I don't know. That's what kind of showed up, you know. Then up like a wise discovered speedway bike my lap times was like a half a second to almost a full second faster than on my 80 and my dad was like what do you want to do i'm like i want to do speedway and i can basically into speedway after PV ride or something like that, or 150. And then I would put a pair right after the Gumball and do flat track. So I was reading two different types of That's how it started off for me, was just constantly riding those little bikes and just keeps on going, going, going. Yeah. <laughs> that's great to hear because obviously again if you manage to do like more than one discipline you know and things like that that again gives you that that sort of seat time and keeps you going and all that sort of thing yeah it definitely does i mean even being on like a moto bike 
enough to actually race motocross, but for a while I was when I was on the little 50s, and I, you know, and then it stopped. My family's want for me to be out there, so I just kind of stopped doing that. But I mean, I got moto. That's super cool. And, you know, so I, I, I like all kinds of racing, you know, mm. put me on something and I'll try it. Um, Joe Jones is actually going to maybe let me be a monkey on the speed on the sidecar. So <laughs> I'm trying that's... to do that. I'm actually trying to work that out right now. <laughs> now. That is cool. That is cool. I mean, that's something I've never done myself. But again, that's another one we can take off the old list though, of, of bikes you've ridden. Yeah, and it's on my bucket list too. Those things are crazy, and I just want to hang off the back one. If I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, why not? You know, I mean, I mean, you know, you're crazy enough to keep turning left with no brakes. So you might as well just hang off the back of a cycle. You know, that's the next step. <laughs> I mean, yeah, might as well, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, like I said, you know, starting off at the juniors and, and winning things at junior level. I mean, like I said, it, it was something that obviously made you snowball into the 150s and things like that. You know, I mean. How did you get on from like the transition from like riding the peewees and things like that into the 150s? And was it a bit of a big jump for yourself then? Um, it wasn't necessarily like a big jump engine-wise or power-wise because mm. I was already riding like the YZ80 at the time. You know, not that I could reach the floor, but I was riding it. <laughs> so I knew, what, I knew what that kind of power kind of felt like. Mm. And so hopping onto the 150s, the only issues that I had was doing my starts. You know, I, I stalled it every yeah. time on the line, basically. Almost every race, like for the first six months of me riding a 150. Mm. And it sucked. Mm. But eventually they were like, rev it up. You got me scared, rev it up. Because it was the whole no brakes thing. I was used to having brakes. And so, yeah, it took me a lot of, a lot of training classes mm. and sitting there at the track on like school days and you know stuff like that and just sitting watching videos and with my dad like this is what you need to do keep doing it hmm. so i mean yeah it was like a difficult transition but not really you know because hmm. i was just there to honestly ride the bike because i was little you know it was fun for me you know that's what i wanted to do yeah as long as you're enjoying it, even if you are just stalling it on the start line, you know, as long as you're coming back in and going, yeah, I'm still getting the buzz from it. That's the main thing. Yeah. I mean, it was cool once I got going, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. and once I got past that, it was even better. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Sort of like puts all the links together then a little bit. But um, I mean, I know for a fact that the 150s and everything are, are hard to ride anyway. I mean, when I did the juniors over in the UK, I rode 125 Hondas and 200cc Hondas, you know, things like that. So, you know, they're, in my opinion, a bit more reliable, you know, not taken away from what the kids do nowadays. But I think, in my personal opinion, that the, the Hondas are much more of a responsible and reliable engine um, and things like that. But you know, times are different now from when I was riding all those years ago. I feel old when I keep saying this. But, uh, um, I mean, then, then obviously after you've done the 150s and you've obviously stepped up to the two, uh, the 250s, you know, and uh, again, I can imagine that's, again, a big a big jump because obviously then it's almost like you're preparing a 500cc bike. Yeah, I mean, I was riding a 150 and I was about to go up to a 250 or whatever. We were at Pirate. I think it was one of the last practice days and Dryden Gale and Skeeter Gale were there and Dryden had his 500. This was right before he kind of stopped riding. Um, but he 
<laughs> I, I rode his 500, you know, so I rode the 500 before I rode the 250. <laughs> so it was kind of backwards, but I really liked the 500 because I was able to slide hmm. and I kind of got like, you know, and I felt like, oh, I could do this. And then when I got on the 250, you know, like it was, wasn't really a challenge. Like, of course, going out, <laughs> I mean, I've... <laughs> It was because I was there to figure it out. You know what I mean? Mm. So when I I would ask somebody like, yo, what do I need to do? Like, what am I doing wrong? Tell me now, because this sucks. Mm. Like, you know, because I'm, why, why aren't my, why isn't my wheel breaking loose? Mm. Or, you know, like, why is my engine revving so high? You know, and, you know, my dad hasn't, he's, only been in speedway with me it's not like he knew a whole bunch about speedway bikes in the past yeah you know so it was a challenge in that aspect mm. but once i got it figured out it was on to the next you know mm. that's yeah. always kind of how it's been for me mm. i can't really you know dwell on the past and you know i gotta if i want to make it in racing i gotta keep it going right <laughs> yeah. you have too many feelings about what goes on or else you're just going to be upset and sad. Mm, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just keep looking forward. I mean, I've, as I always, as I found out in my racing, you know, and again, it's going to be a lot of me going back and forth with my racing, you know, old school me, um, is the fact that, um, you know, you've always got to look positive and always look forward, you know, and things like that. I mean, you can have, like you say, one bad race or one bad meeting and you can, it can drag you down and takes you a long time to get out of that sort of like little rut. But um, obviously, watching from uh both live and also on the streams and things like that i've noticed with yourself you could see the, the gradual improvement just before you went up to the 500 you know stuff like that you were i wouldn't say you, you were up there quite with sebastian and colton but i think you weren't that far behind if you knew what i mean going up in that class yeah i mean we all had like our, our good rides and stuff it's just you know my weight is another aspect it's <laughs> That's why I was, I was blowing motors and things like that is because mm. I don't have my ass end on the bike. You know, I can't, I, I, you know, I don't know, <laughs> you know, so I'm trying to work on getting, you know, everything like that figured out because I am so small you know, compared to everybody else. And I have to jump on my, the, my seat in the middle of the street just to maybe grasp a little bit of traction and that's if i'm lucky like if there's a hole there cool if there's not i'm not gonna... <laughs> you know yeah i mean it's the sort of thing you, i don't know but... i mean it's the sort of thing we say over here it's short yeah, people's it's... problems you know that's what it is <laughs> yeah it is it's literally short people's problems and when you're half the size of everybody and literally half the weight it's mm. like uh what do i do now you know mm. you're like crap i gotta figure this out <laughs> but i mean when i was coming, when i was coming towards the end in 250s i made sure that i was riding that bike completely wrapped out around mm. the entire track you know it was full throttle about to blow up type <laughs> shit you know yeah so yeah. And that's when I knew that I was ready to go up. I refused to go up to 500s, even though I knew I could have. Mm. I refused to go up until I had that that 250 completely wrapped around Milestone. Mm. 
that's almost the parasite's track, you know? So I just, I needed to get there and push myself past that barrier. Didn't go batshit, basically, scare the shit out of myself. And, and like, you know, hop onto it and do it all over again, mm. basically. But no, 500s are so much easier than 250s any day. Yeah. You, I have, mean, to, you have to throttle to work with. In 250s, it's all the freaking nothing, you know? I mean, unfortunately, I never rode 250, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but I always tried to the 500s, and, and, I, and I know what you mean. It's like, um, it is so much easier to ride and so much more smoother, especially if you can get the power band right, you know, stuff like that. It's good fun. And they're definitely super fun. I, still enjoyed it that's the main thing that's 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 the whole part of the game in, in juniors is enjoying it more than anything yeah i mean we're still kids you know at that point you, if you what's the point of going out when you're a child and not having fun doing what you're doing you know yeah, exactly because then it's just gonna go the future you're not gonna mm. want to do it for the future you're not gonna gonna strive to go to overseas because you're gonna be over all the bull crap you know mm-hmm. when you're pushed too hard and things like that it can bring you away from the sport mm-hmm. like that's why i'm thankful that in the beginning times you know like everything wasn't structured yeah you know what i mean it was it was stru- but it was more so like i'm not gonna scream at you if you hop off the track and get last, you know, because we're, we're kids, we're learning, you know, we're mm. there to play and have fun and, and ride our little motorcycles. You know, that's at least how it was for me. And it took me a while until the last year and a half, maybe two years to get like fully into, like, I can make this a business aspect, you know, so I have to get into that business mentality of like, you know, what, what are the difference between the professionalism levels and the having fun levels, you know, because mm. you got to having some of that fun and the, some of the things you say because you know you never know who's going to be watching you and you know first impressions and the business aspect is everything you know mm. so you kind of got to structure yourself but kind of have fun at the same time yeah yeah it's, ba- it's basically like i said run the business i mean it is sort of like it's sarah cause racing you know you're you have your sponsors and everyone else like that and you know people look after you, like you say family friends who are all there going to be there when you have the ups and downs which is obviously fantastic to have you know and stuff like that um but like you said yeah you know it's, it's great to hear this because you, you really have got your head screwed on when it comes to comes to this sort of thing which is again a good thing to hear from a, such a, a young person should we say you know it's cool to hear appreciate that i mean yeah i mean all the people who maybe my sponsors and my family and stuff you know they're they're backing my brand you Mm. you know their their name is on my bike Mm. my bike is getting photographed you know and through me they're getting their promotion you know Mm. what i mean so like i'm helping them and they're helping me basically Mm. so i'm super thankful for everybody that's you know plastered on my suit and my bike and everything you know because they, they're the only reason that I'm able to be doing this other than my mentality and my drive to do it myself, you know? Mm. They can give me the stuff, but 
as long as you don't have the want to get on the bike, you can have all that nice crap in your garage, but you're not at the track. It doesn't even matter, you mm. know? So I mean, it takes two to tango really within the sport. And I'm thankful for them keeping them pushing me, you know? Just just keep doing your tango, you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um I've got a bit I've got a bit of footage of you riding. Um and it's from uh 2016. Um oh, wow. it's it's when uh I think you were in the silver cup, I think it was industry. Um so uh, I can't remember who you're against, so I do apologize if anyone's watching who's in this race, but I can't remember the names of it. But there's yourself there on in your in your pink Hagen Shocks uh race suit, you know, and uh and things like that. But I mean, is industry one of your sort of like favorite tracks to go to? Do you enjoy riding there? I, I mean, I think everybody did. Honestly, it's it's a really nice track. And honestly, it was so smooth every time we rode. Even if it wasn't the best, it was always a good track, mm. you know? And it's it's a technical track, but it's fun and fast at the same time. Mm. Ooh. I mean, oh, uh, I actually got, I got a whole shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, just watching you ride here, it looks so smooth and in control. I mean, it's, it's, again, it's another great thing to see from a junior, you know, stuff like that. Because I know, like I said, industry can be um, still smooth as anything, but can be still be deep in the start and rough and things like that. But as long as you've got the technique, you'll be, you'll be fine with it. I want to be back there so badly. Mm. I mean, Kelly, Kelly's working on it. So hopefully soon, hopefully we're praying. We all miss that track so much. Yeah. <laughs> Granted, Paris is my favorite track. Kelly, don't take any offense. Like, go <laughs> fast on. Because it's so big. It's big, you know, and it's like basically one of our only people tracks compared to, you know, Baker. So, that's new, you know, so it was the only long track that we had, and that's when I was able to go fast, and mm. if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, it, it does make sense, because obviously, like I say, bigger tracks and things like that, you know, it adapts to your style, but just watching that clip back there, I mean, it must be great to just watch back and just think, oh, I mean, I had a blast doing that track and everything else, and like I said, fingers crossed with it after these whatever COVID restrictions you guys have got out there that can be lifted and you can go about turning left in industry. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm super excited. Hopefully within these next few months, mm. everything's kind of starting to, you know, like level out out here with mm. all the COVID stuff. So, you know, like masks and all that, like some places they won't bother you if you don't go in with one and mm. Um, Arizona, they lifted their mask thing. You know, they don't have to legally have one at all. You know, <laughs> they still want it. It's more business preference, but like, yeah, I mean, it's helping our racing come back. It's everything like that is starting to go away. You know, so, <laughs> yeah. it's like go away so we can ride, please. <laughs> yeah, ex exactly, exactly. I mean, we're fortunate now with the with the UK now riding, we're racing, you know, and things like that. Okay, again, restricted crowds and all that sort of thing. But it's fantastic we can actually watch racing, watch it live rather than watch it from Poland, and we're happy with that. You know, 
And I mean, it's nobody's fault, like, but the city's really. It's not any of our track promoters' fault that we can't get races there. Industry, mm. it's the city, you know, and it's their rules against ours, you know, really. So, yeah. if we want to ride that away, you know, we can't push it, or else maybe we'll never be able to ride there again, you know, <laughs> that type of thing. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, just fingers crossed, and I get a case of watch Kelly Inman's profile on Facebook, and he might tell you something in the future. Fingers crossed. But um, I yeah, mean, we'll yeah, yeah, we wait and see, wait and see. But obviously, in your moving up to the five hundred and things like that, I mean, like you said before, I mean, you you went on it first and then went back on to two fifty because you just felt like doing it, basically. <laughs> um, but obviously, actually, it was just like, hey, Sarah, ride this, and I did, and it was just out of practice. I did four laps and like maybe a little bit more than that, and that was it, you know. And then I never got on on one until I finished two fifties. It was like a one and done type thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody, nobody was sort of uh, was, was sort of like looking. So you, you were right then, more than anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, but um, I was looking at your profile on um, spearbikes.com. I mean, RC does a great job with that that website. It's so helpful for me. Um, I see that uh, you you kind of stopped for a while before you came back to Speedworks. I think you um, you took some of, was it 2018 now, was it, or 2019? Um, and then you came back in the summer and then, yeah. then all of a sudden you hit the ground running sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, I feel like every rider kind of has been through this, you know, with, like, I love my father, but, you know, sometimes it just was doesn't work out between a father-rider mechanic relationship, you know? Mm -hmm. Because you can't, this is, you know, racing for So it's like sometimes it's hard. So I asked my dad, like, hey, you know, can you talk about something I'm writing? And mm. there's something like, you know, and it really started to affect friendship really badly. And it made me, I stopped racing because it wasn't fun for me anymore. Mm. And uh, you just stop. You stop doing what you want, and then automatically you become yourself. You're not yourself when you're, you're working and doing everything else, but you're not writing and you're not doing the things that you love. But yeah, I took about a year break off and I basically wanted to just restart on my own, you yeah. know, everything and call it mine basically. And be, say that I earned this because of me. They have no connections through anybody else. This is me, this is what I'm doing and I'm going to make it work and I'm gonna keep doing it. And what if I fail, I fail, you know, but, you know, you see where I am now, obviously I haven't, I've had my struggles, but it's worked out, mm. you know, and after that year long break, I had Mike Judon and uh, Colorado racing, like, you know, King Golden, he sent down a motor and said, Hey, drop this into your frame. And I was, he's like, take some pictures. I was like, are you sure you don't want any money? Cause I was working for over a year to save up the money to buy a motor, you know, I was going to yeah. do it. I, it just took time. And he sent it down. He's like, no, just send pictures and ride. We miss you being on the track. Mm. I was like, wow. You know, <laughs> like it's, it's awesome, mm. you know? And then I, I got in connects with Doug Geist and his son used to race and he helped me get my bike set up, which I'm eternally thankful for that because he got me started. Mm. Like Shrimp Mike gave me the motor, but um, Doug invited me into his home and, and into his garage to be able to work on this bike that I 
I knew about 250s. I didn't know shit about 500s, you know? Mm. Like, I get the concept, but completely different. Mm. And so he he took me in, basically, and he prepped my bike one time, and I went out to the track. I loaded my bike up on the back of my RAV4, <laughs> the Toyota RAV4, a little SUV, not off-road vehicle. I installed a hitch on it, put the bike rack on, took my bike out to Milestone, and then I practiced for, like, six months every weekend mm. and i made sure that i got good and i didn't embarrass myself when i got out on the track that's why i got called a sandbagger on my first ride out on 500s and it goes because i practiced and i practiced and i practiced mm. but in secret nobody knew i was riding mm. you know like only the people who were at the track but i told them to keep their mouth shut basically you know because i'm gonna <laughs> Nobody knew when is Sarah coming back? When is Sarah coming back? And I was like, here I am, you know, and I'm not in pink. I'm in my red, you know, I'm in my own colors, you know, and it, it worked out and here I am. Yeah, exactly. Because I remember seeing um, the photos uh, come up on Facebook and stuff like that saying, oh, Sarah's back riding and she's kicked everyone's butt tonight. And it's like, hang on, she's not been riding for, like you say, like a year you think she suddenly disappeared she comes back she's like a world champion you think where's this come from you know that sort of thing you know but yeah. but it's great to see I, I mean that's just how I work though you know because like how I can't expect to go back out and riding and pick up sponsors if I suck mm. right yeah so i I crashed and I blew up motor and I went through it all. And, you know, I, I figured it out as much as I could until I got some help mm. and I went for it. <laughs> and that's, I don't know, you can't be too scared to do that kind of crap, you know, in fear mm. of like it not working out because obviously like shit went down the drain a couple times, mm. you know, there's been a, a few really rough patches, but like I said, here I am. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's all that <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've worked through it, and obviously, like you say, it proves it. Because I think wasn't your first meeting back was the, was the pairs, wasn't it? The the, uh, the pairs championship, and you came out and winning that in D two, and you think, like I said, out of nowhere, you just won your first major event on the five hundred. I mean, that must have been a bit of a shock for yourself to come away with the win, you know? I mean. I was surprised. You can be big headed not. if you want to be. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you typically I'm not big headed though, but like I kind of knew Steve putting me in there. Like I, the only thing I was worried about was the start. That was the only thing I was worried about because I had it on lockdown on the bike. You know, I practiced and I practiced and I practiced and I got to know my frame and I got to know the motor and the sounds and everything. You know, so. Like, I may not be as fast then as I am now, but mm -hmm. I was still a lot quicker than D2, and I kind of knew that, mm -hmm. but I wasn't ready for to be thrown into D1 with Brock on my first ride in 500s, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But that ended up happening in my third ride anyways. I only, okay. did two, I only did two D2 rides, and on my third ride in 500s, I went up to D1. Oh, nice. I didn't realize that. That's a bit of a big jump. <laughs> yeah, and I completely skipped um, E3. So, mm. 
but I think also the fact is that you were doing well in 250s, so you knew how to ride a bike. Kind of been Steve must have thought, well, okay, you know, to put her into D2, get her, her feet wet back into racing, and then away you go. And then next thing you know, you've blown the whole competition away, you know, without nobody really realizing, sort of thing. And then Steve being Steve changes the program, puts you in D1, you know, typical Steve. <laughs> Well, I mean, see, I wasn't angry. You know, me and Steve, we were cool, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He sees that I was ready, and I knew it, and I knew it, too. And my dad or whatever, you know, everybody was, like, oh, pissed off, you know, throwing me in a D1. And I was like, Dad, why are you pissed off? Mm. I asked for this. Yeah. This was my decision. You mm. think he's just going to put me in there? No, this is me. Mm. I'm the one that wants to go out and do that because how the hell am I going to get any better if I'm just sitting here like a duck? Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's not going to work out. Mm. I got to I got to keep going and I got to <laughs> push myself in uncomfortable situations. Mm. You know? Exactly. That's that's exactly. what it's, you can't just sit and do nothing and mm. you know like oh i'm pretty good now and i'm ra- i'm winning races so i'm just not gonna move up so i, I don't want to lose so i'm not gonna move up no yeah. exactly you can't get too comfortable in that situation because if, if your goal is to be the best you've got to ride against the best you know and then do better and better and better but obviously looking back at that 20, 2019 season i mean you also made the under 21 final you know and things like that so again a big step forward in such a short space of time and that must have been great for yourself to make the national final yeah, and it was it was a really great feeling because it, it gives you that extra motivation. Like, okay, I can do this. You know, like mm-hmm. I can do it. You know, it sucks. Everything that's been going on, it's rough. But like, I I made it a little bit. You know, I didn't fully make it, but I made it. Yeah, exactly. You know, and yeah, then you're yeah. just like shit, a little bit farther. But I mean, with only riding, you know, like I said, a few months or maybe if i have to skip out on a race like i injured myself doing supermoto i had to skip out on four months of riding okay because i told me i should have been on crutches blah blah he's like if you don't want to be on crutches you can't ride if you're on crutches you can't ride either way so i'm <laughs> like all right <laughs> so that happened but you know it, it, it if all if you put it all together it's mm. not a, a lot of rides you guys over overseas you know within a a week you guys might be yeah i mean we're we're fortunate in england and europe that we can ride nearly every every day of the week you know doing something so again that's where unfortunately you guys sort of struggle with it more than anything yeah i mean thankfully elsa north is a travel speedway guys i guess a couple speedway guys flat trackers have been there that's the track you know they're supposed to be bringing dg in onto the dirt so mm. i'm waiting for them to bring in the good dirt before we go you know mess our bikes up or something you know because mm. most of us you know i have i have two bikes obviously but both of them are just as good you know so i, I i'm not trying to go out there and have like a specific practice bike that i'm okay with screwing up mm. you know? so i gotta make sure that the conditions are good enough to get like good practice on as well mm. yeah because you want to ride a, a decent track where you can 
test everything and try different things. The worst thing is to go to a track which is really, really deep. And then the first meeting you have at that track is really, really slick. You think, hang on, I've just thrown a whole, I've wasted a whole practice session, you know, trying something out, you know. And I speak again from experience that I've, I've been to practice tracks before and it's been like that. And I've been there later in the year and it's been as slick as anything. So, you know, I know you feel, but um, it's good to say, again, it's good to know that you're going to get the opportunity to hopefully get some laps in at some point. Yeah, I mean, like it's the well, we can only hope for, right? Mm, I mean, exactly. Other than that, I mean, like we all have dirt bikes and stuff, but that's not a speedway bike. No, not even close. You know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I mean, I've got a bit of footage here from obviously last season, just before the pandemic really took hold of everything, you know, and screwed everything over. Um, and it's you riding the industry again. Uh, this, this is courtesy of your dad video in it so you've probably seen it before um, it's the handicap race and I think you're coming off scratch in this one um, and you've got Billy Janeiro and Max Rummel and now they're at the back of the grid and things like that but you managed to hold them off for most of the race yeah <laughs> I mean it's, this is again this is the handicap system for those who can't obviously see it and listen on the podcast it's loads of the guys and they're all queuing up behind Sarah at the moment and I mean you've got Billy Janeiro behind you, you've got Max Rummel coming through um, and a few other of the guys but yeah, Sarah's just third ride in 500s ever oh okay fair enough see I went wide I went wide and then Billy got up underneath me see yeah. Billy Billy's sneaky like that he, well, I mean he's not really sneaky he'll let you know that he's there yeah. But he's not afraid to push you, you know? Yeah, and unfortunately, he took a tumble right at the end, unfortunately. But... Yeah, that typically happens. <laughs> <laughs> not not much, not so much more anymore. You know, I've, I've been able to stay on the bike quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's all part and parcel of racing, though, isn't it? You know, you know what it's like. It's uh, a case yeah. of, you know, it is what it is, you know. But it was good to see that, again, you're mixing it with those big boys and holding them off for what was it like? three laps you know um, I mean, it's a part of the game we choose to play basically yeah it's, it is it's totally the, the game that you play you know and things like that but again like i said it's just good to see because obviously it, again it proves that you can do it you know um okay yeah. it's a handicap system but it's the handicap you still got to come from the back to beat you you know and things like that you know um and stuff like that so do you, when you do the handicap are you normally off the scratch then or do you are you ever been off like the, the 50 yard mark or something like that um, well, at Bakersfield, I was put off, off the 20, the 10, and then the 20. Mm. It was because of your placement. You know, the better you place, the farther they'll put you back. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so I've been like kind of all over the spectrum. I mean, not, I, mean, I haven't been too far back in 500s, you know, mm. but like in 150s and stuff, you know, me and Sebastian used to start off all the way in, in back at turn three and four, you know. <laughs> brilliant you know, I don't know it's yeah i don't know but we, we don't really ride a ton of handicap rides you know hmm. like what thankfully um you won't necessarily get completely exnayed out of a race hmm. if you if you hit the tapes or something they'll put you back to the 10 or the 20 but that's like that's a handicap but if it's a handicap program hmm. yeah i don't know something about those races are so much more fun because you're you have to work so hard Mm -hmm. i don't know i like i like those the mix of di having different kinds of races like you said we are very fortunate to have that mm -hmm. have a yeah. team race and then match and, you know and then we have you know a derby ride the next one you know and it's <laughs> yeah. not all entirely 
serious towards points, you know? We got a few rides that we can, like, kind of let loose in a little bit, you know? Mm. Yeah, exactly. But also the fact is that, um, again, it's just, like I keep saying in this whole thing, is it's the track time. And, I mean, I think that's the thing also missing in the UK is a bit of handicap racing. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that's just the thing we miss in the UK is having the handicap racing, which is where you guys, I mean, again, over previous Americans coming over to the UK have, have done well from the back and things like that. But it's, it's good to hear that you thoroughly enjoy the different programs more than anything. Yeah, I mean, I, that's all we really know now here, you know. I mean, of course, you know, when we get the lucky opportunity to go overseas and race that kind of racing, it's a lot more serious, mm. you know. Like, over here, it's it's serious because we're working to get over there. But, you know, it's not like we don't wear caps on our helmets. You know, we... Basically, we're not tracked, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. You pass the finish line, they're saying cords is going over, not yellow, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Our white flags look different. It's everything it's just i don't know it's two completely different worlds but we're all the same kinds of people yeah yeah you're still doing the same thing you're just under different circumstances shall we say but um i did notice yeah. that um you've managed to sign a a deal or you're part of a polish club um in the amateur is it amateur league you're part of or is it something a bit more serious than that now so with them, um, they're they're an amateur league. Uh, we actually raced against them in Shelbyville and stuff. They're like D two and D three riders. Um, but honestly, I, I they promoted me a whole lot and wrote articles about me in the Polish newspaper. Mm-hmm. And the mayor of their town, you know, has a picture of me with their speedway team in his office. Okay. You know, so. Basically, so with from with their representation and helping get me out there like that, you know, mm-hmm. and inviting me over to Poland. So when I go over there, I'll be riding with them and doing some practice days when the borders open and all of that. Mm-hmm. And basically, I just want to it's a pay it forward type thing, you know, because they've given me so much without actually having to give me anything yep. that I want to do the same, you know, because with them they see their logo on my leg, you know, I'm representing them here in America. That's Mm. what I want to do. Because eventually, sure, I want to make it onto a Polish league, even if it is an amateur league. You know, the fact of the matter is to say, I was on a league overseas. That's my dream. That's my goal. And they're helping get me closer to that. So it's basically appreciation for them. I'm showing my appreciation mm. by running their suit. And also their suit is super sick. So why wouldn't I want to, you know? No, exactly, exactly. Because like, it, <laughs> it, it was a surprise to see that sort of thing. But it was obviously a good thing as well because, you know, you're getting, like you said, more exposure and stuff like that. And I'm sure if we weren't in COVID times, you would have been out to Poland and probably practice in the winter or something like that. Oh, if there's no doubt that right now thankful like for i got you know the whole stimulus thing i if the borders were open to poland right now or to Mildura, australia with methanol moonshine and wade ogner mm. i would be there i would put down my entire stimulus to go overseas and yeah. you know and that's a round trip right mm. so spending that little bit of money if i were i would do it right now i would do it 
but I can't. No, you know, no, so I have to show him through what I can. You know. Well, fingers crossed. You know, I'll maybe. Yeah, maybe at some point in the future you will be there. You know, just give them time. You know, that's what it is. I will. Mm. I know. I'm. I'm so driven towards that that I know for a fact that even if somebody doesn't take me over there, I'm mm. going over there, and I'm going to do it. Mm. You know, I will. I will work my ass end off before. You know, I will literally be broke just to over there yeah <laughs> you know because yeah. that's it's my dream like i'm saying it's if everybody has their dreams and mine is to make it overseas and race speedway that's mm. what i want to do and i want to do it on more of a professional level than when i was 14 years old yeah you know i'm 21 now a lot's changed in the mental aspects and the whole everything everything has changed and now that i'm a lot more mature i want to go out and i want to experience that to where I can remember it because at this point in my life if I have another concussion or another serious head injury or something like that um I can either kill me I will be a vegetable or I will be fine just a little more stupid you know because <laughs> I've hit my head <laughs> it's the it's the honest truth because I've hit my head so many times that it's affected like my ability to my equilibrium is off, you know, I can barely walk in a straight line. Sometimes, you know, I'll have equal weight in my hands at the gym and I'll be falling to one side, oh, okay. you know, and it's, I have, I had a stutter and short term memory is not there for me. I don't have very good short term memory because I've hit my frontal lobe in my head so many times that I was at a point where I even had like minor swelling and, you know, oh, it's weird. And I witches and stuff and so my love my love for racing and just wanting to keep my dream alive and make it mm. makes everything that I go through outside of Speedway so much more worth it because I'm in pain all the time basically I should be a lot we make it on track it's all got to be worth it right at some point yeah, it's got to be worth it's, it all. We it, do what we love fun. and like we get her. Gotta keep going. <laughs> I said, keep it. There's always, always. Mm. But that don't mean it's going to stay perfect. You can't have to be like that forever. You know? like, the reason why I've like succeeded in stuff so much is like my mentalities of it. You know? Because mm. like a lot of people, they they make it overseas whatever but then they haven't had one really bad crash yet and they have that one really bad crash and it takes them out and then they're too scared to be back to where they were at before you know like i'm i'm working past those blocks that my body has like physically given me blocks mm. to get past you know and rebuild myself back up and rehabilitate and go to the gym gain weight all this stuff eat right you know mm. and it's a lot of work but you do it because you love the sport. Exactly, exactly. And it's great to hear, you know, it's great to hear that, again, someone 
at your age has got your head so screwed on and wanting something so badly you know it just proves that you know you're you want you know you know what you want and you know you want to get to there you know and that sort of thing and you're grabbing every opportunity that you can to do it and it's fantastic so maybe even a trip to the uk maybe in that round trip you know might be a good thing to come and see see what the promoters say about you then you know things like that it's almost like i need it you know it's not it's i i want it i want it really bad but i need it yeah you know that that's the difference between somebody who's going to just do it you know like they want to do it it's fun it's cool but like they need to do it to fulfill mm. themselves no i need to do this <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah it's what i do to make my dream come true that's that's it it's as simple as that for me and i gotta do what i gotta do to make it there mm. and fingers crossed that you get there because the if this if determination like this proves anything, it proves that you can get you will get there, you know, and things like that. But um, I must say, Sarah, it's been fantastic talking to you tonight. I've got to wrap it up a little bit tonight. But I mean, is there anyone you want to shout out to or say hi to whilst you're on here? Because I know there might be some sponsors out there who want to be shouted out. Um, yeah, most definitely. Um, so Colorado, all those that team out there, um, thank you guys for everything. You know, performance gutters and. Modern flooring interiors, you know, he's hopped on, got me my new suit, all the new setups and all that, you know. Um, Mike Judon, especially, you know, he's the one who gave me the motor and mm. all that. Pat Lit for letting me ride his bikes and out of state races. Got Lucas Oil, you know, keeping our bikes all clean and everything like that, keeping our vehicles clean. <laughs> we got um, All Star Kia, they're keeping down some money as well for helps us stay on the track and get some tires and stuff because you know how much we go through those yep and we, we got a bunch of other people just behind us that are super super helpful to me mm -hmm. like uh, family wise and jimmy genitelli and my dad and my mom you know, everybody everybody who's been supportive to me i just want to thank them all you know that's great. And hopefully they can all appreciate that right, that little shout out right there. But um, thanks for joining us tonight, Sarah. I mean, to everyone who's watched and listened tonight, hopefully you've managed to uh, be inspired to, to follow this girl's career because she's going to be going places by the sounds of it you know, and things like that. But make sure you subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel, like us on Facebook um, and everything else. Feel free to give us feedback. I mean, we've had great feedback from previous shows and things like that. But for tonight, Sarah, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you.